What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vein Podcast. Today we got on Chad Malott, who is my neighbor and pretty much like by default, just because of proximity, I talk to him about a lot of hunting shit. <laughs> and uh, and he's talk he talks to me about a lot of hunting stuff. We we whitetail hunt the same public ground. Um, we both go elk hunting in Colorado, and uh, we both turkey hunt around in the area and whatnot. We've done some work together on our pro- on my property, so it's just been fun getting to know Chad over the last I don't know. We lived next to each other for like two or three years before we ever like talked to each other, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> COVID brought us out. <laughs> Neighborhood parties. Right? Yeah, no shit. It was that party in 2020 when it was yeah. the COVID party. We had a block party here and yeah. And then we all started since then. We just kind of hung out a lot and, you know, Chad, uh, I, I guess I would have. I never like assumed based on your clothing and your attitude that you were a hunter, really. Like the guy down the road from us, like he clearly has like I see him in camo all the time, mm, the dude in the White yeah. House, and he was like out boiling ahead and whatnot. But anyway, today everyone, we're talking about uh, elk points going out west, and then also about turkey hunting. So we're gonna get into some elk hunting stuff to start, and then roll into turkey hunting as we go along, because Chad and I will both be hunting some public ground and some private ground. Um, this spring, talking about a few things that we found that work really well for us, turkey hunting, um, or things that we have found that are really poor with turkey hunting as, as well. Failures are just as important as uh, successes. And then also, just for everybody listening, um, I will be hosting an archery shoot on June 10th at our private hunting ground that, that I hunt on every year. So if you've ever wanted to come out, get to know me, shoot some targets, um, have a good time. We're going to be drinking beer, eating brats, eating pizza. Some money shoots will be involved. We got, uh, I got 15 Reinhardt targets. Uh, I got 12 right now. I got three more on the way, hoping to get them by that time. Otherwise we'll have somewhere between 12 and 15 targets. And then it'll just be come out for a Saturday, shoot all day, hang out, meet a bunch of fun people, talk, shoot the shit, throw some money down, see if you're better than anybody else and, and have a good time. So I will be posting on that um, on Instagram, and uh, if you want uh, con- or info on that that's outside of Instagram, you don't have Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or anything like that, hit me up on an email. I don't know. I had a ton of people actually email me for the Lone Wolf Custom Gear tree stand giveaway. Um, I had a lot, like half the entrance were emailers, um, which is cool because that means that you guys aren't on social media, so good for you, not making deals with the devil there. And... Uh, and if you're interested in doing that, um, hit me up on an email and I'll send over all the details um, and we can, you know, go from there and get you guys set up. So the one thing is that we are trying to keep it right around 50 people and it will be a first come first serve basis. So there were uh, about 35 people that came last year. I'm going to extend the invite out to all of them first because they supported me last year. And then this year we're looking to add about 20-ish or so new people, assuming a few of those people can't come. So if you are interested, please hit me up right away. And again, it is first come, first serve. And the only reason we're keeping it to around 50 is because we want to make sure that we have the process down for making it larger. So we're hoping to do 50 this year, and the next year we'll probably open it up to 80 to 100. And then after that, we'll probably do like 100 to 150 or something like that, depending on how many people actually decide to come. But uh, but yeah. That's that's that uh, shoot, and with that, um, we can hop into the podcast. So, Chad, <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, I usually uh, start with like, what is your hunting resume? But I feel like we can, we can talk about that. What's your hunting sure. resume? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So for those, well, yeah, I guess in general for no, no one really knows me, I guess. So, uh, <clears throat> grew up, uh, in Wisconsin my whole life. Uh, grew up in green Bay area. Uh, started hunting, deer hunting, gun deer hunting in Northern Wisconsin, uh, just north of Anago, actually, with my dad, my uncle, my cousins, my brother. Property, it was public ground, county land, that my grandfather actually started hunting in the 40s. We, my, The cabin we hunted out of was actually built back in the swamp originally, and they pulled it out on a flatbed trailer, and it, it is where it is now. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of updates to it. But yeah, so started hunting up there, just hard, big, big northern uh timber right a lot of hills deep swamp cedar swamps and things like that and shot a few deer there kind of figured things out um over the years and ended up i don't know towards the end of when we started you know stopped hunting up there i was i was one of the only ones probably shooting deer yearly (laughs) probably because i didn't stay in the bar all night like like some of them but um so yeah Went there, and then I uh, went to college here uh, in the Madison area at UW, and continued hunting. Started bow hunting late, kind of late in high school, m- maybe mid-high school bow hunting. Yeah. Um, always kind of dabbled in that. It was hard to get up north in the in the fall before gun season, only because I played so- high school soccer and things like that, and then ran track in college, so training and all that kind of stuff. Um in the fall, I always kind of took that. So weekend warrior, um, bow hunted, took kind of a deer hunting sabbatical for quite a few years, got into dog training, lab, lab, re, uh, field trials and things like that. And then started duck hunting like crazy was doing yearly That's trips right. to North Dakota, yeah. things like that. Mississippi trip had the, had the mud boat could, would, uh, bypass gun deer season to go out in the Mississippi when guys weren't out there to, to beat the, the crowds and things like that. Um, so yeah, did that and then started having kids (laughs) and had to make a choice. Um, I feel like deer hunting is a little more controlled and you're not chasing a migration and kind of jumping when birds were around. You can kind of, is that really how that came about? Oh yeah. 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 Literally. Cause I, I well, I stopped field trialing because I mean, I was spending four days a week like training dogs. And when I stopped training dogs, I kind of stopped bird hunting in theory. Um, so yeah, started back into big game hunting, uh, since then, you know, kind of, yeah, bought new, you know, got, got a new bow, well, a couple new bows now, (laughs) um, and been out West Colorado. This will be my fourth year coming up. Have not been successful in elk yet. Uh, been to Kansas for whitetail three years, uh, South Dakota last year, spot and suck, archery, mule deer, uh, and things like that. So Yeah. That's kind of the background um, of where yeah, I come yeah, from. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew you were big duck hunting, but I didn't know it was you switched because of it was like controllability mm-hmm. with time frames and things like that. That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, just to spend more time with the kiddos, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So elk hunting out out west. That's what we were going to talk about because it is April fourth today. The podcast is going to air tomorrow, April fifth, and that is the last day you can apply for Colorado elk. So if you're listening to this and it's Tuesday, April 5th, and you want to get in 
to like at least get a preference point for Colorado. You got to do it today by eight Mountain Standard Time, which would be nine Central or ten Eastern. So yeah, get those points in and and the point at least get the point in because it's it does cost you. Uh, you have to spend. For Colorado, you have to spend like ninety five or ninety eight bucks or something like that, just to get the small. I just messaged the guys. I did it last yeah. week. One hundred and six twenty six. One hundred. Okay, in total. In total. So you have to buy a small game license, and then you can buy small, your big game. Yeah, small game habitat stamp, and then your point. Yep. Yep. Okay, and then you get one point. So then you get, so and then you got to buy a point, and you can only buy the point after you buy. The habitat stamp and the uh, small, game. small game license. Yep. So that's how they like get you. The 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 point itself is nine dollars, but you have to buy in order to get the nine dollar offer. You have to buy ninety eight dollars or ninety seven dollars worth yep. of licenses. So, but then at least you're actually like covered for. I think you're covered for for like grouse. Yeah. And all their random stuff that you run into the in the woods out there. But anyway, that's just that's just Colorado. Um, and the reason we're talking about Colorado, Colorado is the most hunted state. It's also got the highest elk population of all the western states, and it's also got the highest success rate. So, just in in general, Colorado's the the place most people start elk hunting. So, if you're really thinking about that, like you can always do an over-the-counter hunt, which is essentially you just roll up into Colorado and you just buy a license over like you just roll into Walmart and say I want an elk license and they go, "Okay, cool, it's $652 or whatever." Here you go. Um, but other than that, like if you wanted to build up points so that you don't hunt an over-the-counter unit, then um, then you want to get in that point right now, tomorrow, on, on Tuesday the 5th. Chad, why would you want to hunt point units versus over-the-counter units? Yeah, I mean... Over the counter in general in Colorado is getting crazy for one because it has the most elk population. It is one of the only states that has unlimited over the counter. Where, That's right. Whereas like Idaho, for example, has over the counter, but it's it's quota system, so it's first come first serve. So it's kind of the fallback state. So getting points gets you in an area where there is limitation to quantity of hunters, right? And so that helps just back off pressure. It helps, yeah. um, and and just get into an area that is just less, just yeah, just less populated and less less pressure in general. One caveat I will say: buying an over the counter tag. Here's a here's an interesting thing. I did. I have drawn a tag in Colorado. You put in when you draw that tag. You put in your hunter education number. They send you the tag in the mail. Yeah. To buy an over the counter last year. You had to show evidence of hunter education with a card at over the counter. Now, where it was not like that a couple of years ago, oh. so we actually had to call. I had my hunter education card from Wisconsin. My buddy, who I went with, had to call his wife. She had to go into his safe. She took a picture of the card, sent it to us because we were sitting at a hardware slash sporting goods store in Dillon, Colorado, <laughs> on our way out because that's where his aunt and uncle live, and we spent the night. Uh, in order for him to, to pull a tag. So just a kind of a helper Heads tip up. there is like, yeah, make sure you bring your hunter education card if you're coming from out of state because they will not issue a license without it now. All right, good tip. Yeah. <laughs> good tip. I remember, yeah, last year when I, or a couple years ago when I did my first over-the-counter hunt, 
I think that was yeah, that was my first. Draw. Otherwise, I did all application like zero zero point draws. Right. But the um, the, I called the lady. I was so like concerned. Mm-hmm. So I called the lady. I was like, okay, so I just roll into Walmart and I can just say, hey, I want to buy a license. And she was like, yeah. Oh, but you need your hunter safety. So I was like, okay. So I had that with me. And in Wisconsin, you can, uh, you just go on to go wild or whatever, and you can yep. actually print one off right there. Yep. So that's pretty slick. But anyway, like if you're from, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Iowa, whatever, like just make sure that you have that little, that little doodad so you don't get busted. Yeah. They even took it as a picture on his phone, right? Like, cause he couldn't get into the Wisconsin go wild site for some reason when we were there, it was like airing out on him. Oh, so that's why man. he just had his wife. Come yeah. Up. But yeah, it was, because uh, <laughs> we had done over the counter a couple of years before that, and we don't recall having to show that. We did went to a Cabela's yeah. on our way in, and last year we did. Maybe so. you got maybe you got rookie of the year at Cabela's. Maybe we did. <laughs> um, Anyways, yeah. Did you? Okay, so have you done any? So once you apply, I mean, there's all sorts of resources out there for applying for points and and all that stuff my advice is if you haven't ever been out there and you're not in the point game yet just apply for a point do an over-the-counter hunt and actually commit to it the thing that's that a lot of people screw up with with over-the-counter like on a personal note i feel like because i know my buddies have done this a couple times they're like oh dude we're just going over the counter i'll just buy it you know when we go Mm-hmm. And then they don't properly plan for it. They don't actually like block it out on their calendar. They don't take the PTO and they don't actually plan for it. And then like, oh, dude, I can't do it. You know, so if you're looking to go with a group and you're doing over the counter, like you really got to be dependent on those guys to actually do it. Because sometimes they'll just flake out on you. And then what mm-hmm. are you going to go alone? Or are you going to go, you know, with three guys now instead of four? Mm-hmm. Or what's the what's going to happen there? So. You know, if you have flaky friends, that might be something to really consider, <laughs> or at least don't invite flaky friends. Then, um, have you have you noticed like have you done any multi point units at all or no? Yeah, we drew one that was well. You only needed probably one point to draw, but we had two of us had two points and we used them, and we drew that. Okay, so we did that one year. Otherwise, it's been all over the counter. So okay. we've gone three years now. Has there been, was there any difference to you in the hunt? No. No? No, like, not, not not really, but I mean, going into an area that's new, I feel like any unit has the same probability of success. It's just the, like, because you don't know what, what you're getting in theory, but I would say the hunter numbers are far less that we experience okay. in there. Um, so like literally, you know, it's just, it's controlled by quantity there, but in terms of success or seeing animals, our best unit was an over the counter unit where we saw the most animals. We weren't successful. 80, 84 yards was the closest we got. Awesome. Awesome. Like show last year in terms of a bull working a, a, a cow group and and then, uh, like, three other bulls sounding off that same night, just going crazy. As we were walking out, it was, it was like a chorus. But um, that was over the counter. But we were also 45 minutes off a paved road to get where we were. Sure. Right? So, just different, right? Yeah. The other areas we were at, we weren't that far off paved roads. One area we went was, like, one of the most beautiful areas we've ever been. But it was a national, it was like a... It was like a national park area as compared to like really nice for elk hunting. <laughs> right, we didn't know. Right. 
We went from really yeah. some really nice hikes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking that bow for a hike. Yeah. You do that yeah. a lot. Do yeah, that you a do lot that a lot. <laughs> you always go on one monster one, I feel like, every year where you regret yeah. it. But Oh, yeah. And I think it's usually like the, it's almost always the first day, too. <laughs> you're yep. super, super excited. Yep. And uh, you just, you just rock it. And you're like, we're going to crush nine miles today, yep. or 10 miles today. And then on the next day, you're like, why did we even consider that? Because <laughs> we, yep. yeah, the thing that I've like... So I've done four, four Western hunts, um, three in Colorado, one in Idaho, and I was successful in Colorado for the first time last year or two years ago, I should say. And it was, I didn't, I experienced more, more fun and more, uh, elk in the over the counter unit than I did in the draw unit that I usually hunted. And the, that's not to say that the draw unit I usually hunted was, was bad or the people were bad or anything like that. It was just like, I don't know, like two years ago, the, the group of guys I was with, um, and they had hunted that unit multiple times, like four or five times previously. So they had some, they had an idea of where essentially where not to go. That's like, that's always the, the biggest thing. It's not where to go. It's, it's cause what they literally said to me was these are, friends of mine, and they said, hey, we're not going to give you all of our waypoints, but what we're going to do is we're going to invite you to camp. You can't hunt this unit without us. Like, that's the biggest rule. You can't come in here on your own anymore, and you can't share with anybody else. You got to come in on your own and do this all on your own, and you can camp with us, but we are going to share information with you, and if you tell us, I'm going here today, and it's a terrible spot, we're going to tell you no. (laughs) right? We're, we're not going to let you go beat your brains out for nothing. And we are going to give you some direction. We're just not here to, you know, Hey, Anthony, let's walk down this path, take a right here, turn left here, you know, take your morning shit here Mm -hmm. and then go and sit over this water hole right here and wait for two hours until you kill one. Like that's not what they were going to do. Um, so, and it turned out great. Like I hunted three or four days on my own. I hunted four or five days with a partner, just random people that were there. Um, and it worked out really well. And on the last day, you know, got, got a shot at a great elk and made it count at 25 yards and dropped them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the, I guess that's kind of to say that, um, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, maybe people talk about it a lot, but like, do you hold points, uh, often, to or do you do you hold on to all your points and save up until you have like six seven eight points so you can get to a unit that no like there's very very low pressure and then you have a really high quality hunt or do you you know spend them on lower quality units but hunt more Mm -hmm. and my philosophy there and and what seems to be the case with all those scenarios is that uh over the counter um if you like if you save up all your points and you never elk hunt once and you save them up to you're like, you get to 12 and you go and spend them all on a really nice unit and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you're going to have a, probably you're going to have a poor quality hunt because you just don't know what you're doing. So like what my buddies are doing and what they've told me to do, essentially hunt over the counter until you get to a point quality quantity that you're like, cool, I'm, I'm good with spending these or you have a fun hunt that you want to go on or something. And, uh, and then you spend them but you have four, five, six, seven years of elk hunting under your belt. So you're not going in there like a total Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, is that, is that kind of what you guys, your crew's doing too? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're, we're starting to do more now. We, like, we kind of got excited early 
blew those two points, but another buddy of ours uh, kept his, mm. and he is continuing to build. So I think he's at like three or four points now, and he's holding out for for a bigger unit. And um, well, we've talked about essentially as we build points, have like a every other year or like once we get up to enough points and things like that, where we would like one person would essentially draw a unit, a good unit, and we would bookend it and almost do like use use those points either on an archery hunt or maybe on a if you want more success, maybe like a muzzle loader hunt. Oh sure. Just so like yeah. you're gonna have more of a guarantee. I've got a little bit of like muzzle loader hunting and rifle hunting, like to, I've gotten like into the archery, you know, so like so much now. It's like yeah, I mean that could work, we'll see, depending how big a unit it can be. I'm worried about Colorado in general, going away from over-the-counter soon. Oh, yeah. Or going into, like, limited quota like Idaho because the numbers out there are unreal and the pressure is is just in, insane. Dude, COVID helped. COVID, <laughs> COVID born and raised guys and hushing, you know. Yeah. The, all the, all yep. those guys, right? They, they, pub, they put the Western hunts on, on the map. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I've got points now, Montana – in Arizona too. So like kind of mm-hmm. holding out on bigger, bigger point areas, bigger animals Yeah. in those States. I mean, Arizona's a once in a lifetime. Yeah. So I'll just keep, yeah. keep building those Montana, probably a handful of points gets you in an area where you can shoot like 320, three fifty class bowl, mm-hmm. decent, you know, decent jams, but yeah, we'll see just more opportunity, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're doing that hold them out and we'll like alternate then like a guy would go on that hunt and then we'd bookend or front end with like an over-the-counter unit so we'd be sure. out there for almost like two weeks essentially oh yeah like yeah. hunting it that way or something like that gotcha so, so like over-the-counter one unit drive to the unit that was a good draw or and just give them both a try because yeah, yeah i mean if just you get it, to a unit that's a good draw and it's like it's sucks or whatever it's close to an over-the-counter that you know right and you're not having luck after four or five days you bounce over to the over-the-counter. Right. Yeah, yeah, Or, like, you, yeah. and then we alternate points so we're not all blowing points on one unit, and let's say that unit ends up not working out, right? You hit at the wrong time or pressure changes or just, like, you know, whatever. You're not blowing yeah. points out. So, like, alternate. So, like, that one person would draw, draw that unit, Wh- and, and then the other people would have over-the-counter. So, like, oh, so there, there's, like, three of I us gotcha. that went, you, one person would have the good tag. And then two would have another counter. Would you guys go like? Then would we'd you do like two weeks almost? Yeah, but you would share camps. <clears throat> yeah, we'd so share camps you'd or share like camp, and they just drive. To or the like unit. we'd just dedicate a week of like over the counter hunting, and then a week of like helping that guy. Oh, okay. So like that's pretty nice. We both kind of would get opportunity yeah, yeah. then. Yeah, and that's how we've talked it. So we'll see. So I thought you meant like a group. No, no, we would we wouldn't split. No, but like there's like uh, you can apply as a group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, you, you can, know but you have works. to use your points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. Because you could. It goes with the lowest point holder. Yeah. So, so like, if I have five points and you have two, they're gonna go down off to two. You, off two, yeah. and then they're gonna qualify you based on that. Right. And they're gonna eat all five of mine if you redraw. Yep. Right. So that's kind of a yeah. That's why that's hard. Yeah, that's why, I mean, like, now that we're kind of different on points now, it makes sense for, like, that first guy to draw a good unit, 
right. will help him because he helped us. He went on the first, he went on the first two hunts with us and never bought a tag. He wanted oh. to just learn elk hunting. It's a gotcha. brother of gotcha, gotcha. Okay, of my best friend, right? That's like, slick. and so he just kind of figured it out. He's like, he realized a little bit, like, well, I'm not wasting my my PTO on like watching you guys hunt. Yeah, I mean, he he had, <laughs> we had fun. It was it was great times, but like, yeah, go use your PTO no. on something, and. We'll let you know how, how to elk hunt once we figure it out. <laughs> no shit. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it a lot of it comes down to like especially if you're hunting a new unit out west, a lot of it comes down to like luck and effort. Oh it is. Like yeah. you know, I I feel like as a as a whitetail hunter, a lot of us we like we want to go to a destination. Mm-hmm. Like we want to get to the tree and we wanna set up <laughs> in the tree and then we wanna stay. Yeah. Right. And for elk, it feels like we do. I, I know I do the same thing. Like I'm like, Hey, I'm going to kind of go to this area. So I will like hoof my ass to that area. If it's like two and a half miles, if it's two miles, if it's one, if it's three and a half, I'll blow past everything to get yep. to that area. And then you sit there for like 30 minutes and you don't hear a bugle and you're like, all right, this area sucks. <laughs> Let's go somewhere else, you know? And you don't even, like, give it time. Like, or you get there and you're like, this is not what it looked like. On, yeah, on the know, map. Uh, yeah. On exactly. X or on Google Earth or whatever, you know, you use. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that, that's not it. <laughs> right? This is not what I was expecting. We actually slowed it way down last year. Like, we did We did our first, got in our first day, hiked our asses off. I thought I was I got blown up by, like, a thunderstorm. A, a bolt of lightning hit so close. Like it just like all I mean it was on it was like right next to us almost, and I I freaked I like jumped, <laughs> <laughs> like it was a day of just like a death hike, through like different rainstorms and this thunderstorm and we're like that sucked. During that well during one of the storms our tent got washed out so we came back to like wa- standing water in the bottom of our tent because the rain must have came in sideways like and just pushed through yeah. like the screens and stuff like that in the tent, but. Yeah, last oh, year, our, our success came when we slowed it down. We got to a vantage point, and we glassed in the evening. And then all of a sudden, like, as the evening wore on, animals started popping out. Like and I'm just able to pick them and up. We, and we were, just so happened to be in the right spot to pick them up on the right hillside. And then that's when we started working strategy from there, right? Mm. But we sacrificed two nights, actually, because we went back the next night to make sure that they were still there. Like it wasn't like just a one, a like one a fluke, off. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And the next night is when we had the big, or no, the third night is when we had the big show. You know, when ten, everything went wild. Ten cows came out with this big six, this nice six by six. I wouldn't say big, but he was a nice bull. <laughs> I mean, great for a Midwestern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he came out just putting on a show, bugling like crazy, and then yeah, the the whole mountainside was lighting up that night. And yeah. then we. That's cool. We saved a guy on the hike back, and then he saved us, so we have to walk all the way back to our camp because <laughs> we were hiking back up the hill. Or like, we came down this drainage, went all the way up the other side of the drainage, and we were hiking up it. And all of a sudden, you could hear this guy. You could see a headlamp, and we're like, "What the hell?" And he's, you could tell he was huffing it. And we're like, "You okay?" He goes, "Oh, I'm so glad I see you guys." I'm like, "What's wrong?" He goes, "I, I don't. If I wouldn't have seen you guys, I wouldn't have known which way to go." Because I couldn't find this area. Like, get back to his truck. And oh he, my like, God. And he had hunted there for years. His grandfather, he, they had a couple wall tents, and it was tradition, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he he freaked out. He was like, he, you could tell he was in a panic. It was dark. 
Yeah. We, we were getting back to our camp at 9, 9.30 at night. Yeah, he was, so he walked back up the mountain with us because <laughs> the road was up top. And then we were like two miles from our camp because we actually came down a different drain. like came down the front part of the drainage that day because someone was parked in an area where we didn't want to go disturb them. So we came down the other side and we left right from our camp. And we're like, can you give us a ride? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> we, we probably went like a thousand vertical feet in about yeah. a mile. I mean, like it was just like just a Dang. solid climb up this mountainside. Yeah. So yeah, that shit sucks. <laughs> guy, had, I mean, kind of close to you. He, he was a soccer player. God, I can't remember where. Played soccer in college. Somewhere in, I think it was somewhere in Iowa. He was an engineer, like, good dude. Oh, yeah. But was yeah. It, are you sure it wasn't Platteville? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No. Where did he go? Yeah. I want to say uh, it was like Grinnell or something like that. Like somewhere middle okay. of Iowa. I yeah. Or, yeah. Grinnell my buddy. Or there's, I think Decora is another. Oh, no, no, no. He was in South Dakota. Oh, okay. No, yeah. He was in South Dakota because he duck hunted. Yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. But, anyways. But, yeah. Kind of crazy that, you know, the people you meet and the. We also on the back of our truck got in the in the dust saying F U Wisconsin. <laughs> so next year I'm gonna buy a I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a Colorado tag and put a magnet on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it up there. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing is like, yeah, I mean I I don't know I like I don't harbor any hate to out of state hunters in Wisconsin. Yeah. You can buy, I think Wisconsin is one of the cheapest states you can buy a whitetail tag in. It's like yeah. 160 bucks, and you get for for bow season and you get from September to the end of January to hunt. Like it's super cheap compared yeah. to like Illinois is 500, Iowa's a few hundred, Minnesota's like Kansas is over 600. Yeah, Kansas 600, Michigan's South Dakota even a couple was hundred. like four or 500, 600. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like I, I don't. I, I feel like Wisconsinites, we should increase that price if everybody else is. But at the same time, like when I hunt over near the Wisconsin River and there's, you know, Indiana and Michigan and Pennsylvania and New York and all these people over there, I'm like, cool. I hope they get one. Yeah. You know, I'm not like F you, you jerks, you know, but I don't know. Maybe we just have so many deer. It doesn't matter. You like, know, compared to my leader. frugal father-in-law still complains. He comes in from Nebraska and still complains that he drives a, drives seven hours and spends a hundred and sixty dollars. And yes, he's gonna shoot whatever deer that comes out in front of him. <laughs> and I'm like, God, you are so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But he right. does. He shoots. You know, he shoots one every year. Whatever. Great, great piece of private land. <laughs> he has no idea what he has. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah the the thing with going out west is getting like if you're going with a group of guys or you're going with a couple guys or whatever, like just uh, I guess make sure that you're going with the with the right group. That's what I would I would say. So like personal experience, I got kicked out essentially kicked out of a group like f- six years ago or seven years ago. It was a three man group and this is two on one. They didn't <laughs> like what I was doing. And all I was doing was opening it up to other people. Mm-hmm. So when we went out, when, when you're like building up, if you're trying to go out West and you want to go out West and this will be like, for some people, this will be total taboo and they'll go Heller. Yeah. You should have been kicked out of that group. And other people will go like, what's the big deal? Um, and I can see both sides of it and I appreciate everyone's opinion. And, and I like, yeah, I got kicked out of that group. 
And so I joined a different one and that's totally cool. Like, and if that didn't work, I would just go on my own. Like, and that's fine too. And I'm okay with that. So the, the thing that happened with me was I was, um, I was in a group, uh, with three guys and we went out West for the first time. Actually, there were four of us. Um, and all four of us went for the first time based off a recommendation of one of the guys, uncles said, Hey, you should go to this unit. You should go try to hunt elk. It'll be fun. You know, so we all went and, um, and it was a blast. We had a great time. So super fun. We all had a great time. Um, and we got our asses kicked no one shot anything. We got into a few elk and just, it was, but it was a good time. We enjoyed it. So the next year we had a ton of buddies, like four or five other buddies say, Hey, when you guys go next year, we'd love to go. And one of the guys dropped out. So we were down to three and the other two said, no. Like, we don't want to share this. Like, we want to go on as we go, and we want this for ourselves. And I said, well, I don't think that's, like, right. I think these guys asked us to go. We said we would take them, so I should at least extend the invite. And if I extend the invite once and they don't do it, then it's on them. Mm -hmm. If they do it, then we're good to go. You know, and we do it this one year, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. And again, we had one year under our belt. It wasn't like we had been there for 10 years and we had scouted everything out, you know, and knew everything. So anyway, the other two guys kind of said, you know what, Heller, like we don't, we don't, we don't want to do it that way. We don't want to do it that way. Uh, we see you did it because I CC'd them on the email that I sent out to everybody. Like, you know, we're just going to do our own thing. So then essentially they just planned their own time frame, their own trip, their own camp and everything. And I had none of my high school buddies respond. All of them blanked out, even though I sent that out and I got kicked out of the group for it. Um, and I had one buddy from college respond. And that one buddy hunted the unit once um, with me and he brought three other guys. So now all of a sudden, my buddies were like, dude, look at this. Look what you're doing. It was you. It was just four of us. And now you're in a group with four other dudes. So now there's five and then there's a group of five of you and there's a group of two of you like, like F you Heller F you. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, you know, I didn't know it would work this way. And they're like, we told you it would work this way, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then go, go figure those guys never hunted that unit again. They said, we, we went to that unit. We think that unit sucks. We don't want to put in for it and do a zero point draw for it. We'd rather just do over the counter somewhere else. And they never, they've never been back to that unit. And so since then I got, I got the boot out of that group. And then those guys never, for fear of those guys coming in and stealing all the spots, which they didn't, they didn't even share waypoints. They didn't do anything. Everything was all custom on our own. I just got them to the right unit, to that unit. And then, um, and now those guys are hunting over the counter and those guys have allowed me to hunt with them since I introduced them and they're having a much higher success rate than the other guys that are that I originally hunted with. And I feel like honestly the camp is more fun because they're more interested in hunting from 3 a.m. to 2 or 3 p.m. and then coming back and making dinner and having beers and hanging out where the other guys are, you know, dawn to dust, nose to the grindstone go. So I say all that to preface this with one other thing. So and this really got on my nerves and you guys can all think about what you'd say about this. And I've let my friends know exactly where I stand on this. And Chad, you'll have to, you'll have to let me know because Chad hasn't heard this yet. <laughs> so 
in in we have like a we have a we have a we have an internal like group text message thread and one of the guys in the thread there's six of us in there one of the guys has never uh elk hunted before and he said hey guys i'm good getting into elk i want to get into elk hunting um like how do i do this how do i get started um do i just apply for points like how do i apply for points can you help me out and the one dude chimes in who i used to hunt with chimes in and says yeah man here's what you're going to need to do but you're not going to get on our schedule because we have all these other points around all these other states right we already have like three points in colorado we have you know four points in montana we have six points in wyoming we have two points in idaho you'll never be able to catch us until we like reset until we use all of our points and then we reset right essentially to zero and so then so then he said okay well is there any units that i can like essentially catch up with you guys with or is there an over-the-counter unit in one of the states like colorado or something that we could all hunt together in and they said well we have a unit that we would go to but it's a one point it's like a one point draw type of thing so you know that's up to you so so they do that and they say all that to him and then the guy puts in for all the units that they told him to put in and then he puts in a preference point for Colorado this year so he can get one point to draw with them next year right so it's a one point draw unit and they go ahead and spend their one point this year in Colorado on that unit and now he can't catch up to him anymore so they did it without his knowing Chad's about to use this uh where I got a new smoker you t- you got to turn it on it's a it's a torch and you smoke your whiskey no you got to turn it on really high you got to turn it on it there you go yeah and you smoke your whiskey if you've never yeah you got to turn it off too <laughs> there you go then you got to cap it uh it's it's a it's a safety like a gun trigger it doesn't turn it off it just turns off the trigger <laughs> You guys have never heard Didn't of. Didn't uh, need a permit for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely do. You saw you saw me messing with it earlier. Um, That's awesome. So, uh, sorry, I just interrupted a very serious topic. <laughs> I'm just trying no, to smoke my whiskey. Yeah, if you guys have never heard of uh, smoking whiskey, you put like uh, wood chips on the top of your whiskey glass, um, and then you hit it with a blowtorch, which is probably what you heard in the background there. And then it smokes the whiskey, and then you wait like 30 seconds. You pull it off, you get a nice smoky flavor on your whiskey. It's pretty cool. Um, it's something I've got into recently, but anyway, so one of my buddies is like trying to follow the standards and like, Hey, everyone, I need you to put in for the, uh, or, or the group said, Hey, apply for these, for these States, get these points. And when you have this many points, we can all go in and hunt together. Right. And so then he goes, okay, guys, like, I'm just going to get a preference point in Colorado this year. They're like, yep, that's perfect. And then they go ahead and spent their points or they applied to spend their points this year um, without telling him. So then he's going to miss the schedule again. Right. And was that, he had no points. He had no points. So now he has. Was there a chance with a zero draw? There. Like zero point draw, like in that unit? No. No, You you need at least least a one. It was like a 2%. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so they're going to that unit. So they spent their points when they told him to build his points so that he can get on their schedule. And then they went ahead and spent them and didn't tell him. So then he goes, what the hell guys? Like, I'm trying to get on the same schedule as you guys. And I'm trying to do this. And 
like you went and just didn't tell me and spent your points. Mm-hmm. What the hell? You know, and they're like, oh, well, we're using it as a fail safe because this other hunt that we were planning in another state fell through and we didn't know if that was going to work out. So we just wanted to spend a point to make sure that we got this. We got this tag this year. And he's like, well, then why didn't you tell me? Like, then I would have I would have done I could have done something different. You know, why wouldn't you have told me this? You know, and it and it then they're then they they back down and they're like, well, we didn't know about the logistics with travel. Oh, we didn't know if you had like a friend to bring along with because we didn't want you to go by yourself for the first time. Oh, we didn't know about food. Oh, well, we're and then it came out like, oh, we're not sure if you're like really friends with this other guy we're bringing now. And then it was and then the last one was, well, realistically, we really don't want to necessarily share all of our waypoints with you and share our spots. Like it just went from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And uh, my opinion, my personal opinion, and again, I told my buddies this, like, you guys, the friendship and the adventure of the activity far outweighs the elk meat that you get in your freezer. Mm-hmm. I I will stand by that day after day after day because that's what I'm out there for. Um, and and these guy and and the other the guy who got screwed on this, he's like dude, I just wanted to go elk hunting with you guys. Like I didn't want to steal your spots. I just wanted to like spend time with you guys in the woods. And it's clear now that you guys don't want to spend time with me. So like, I guess I will just do something else. That's fine. You know, and that's how the whole thing went down. And, and I chimed in, I was like, dude, you guys, that's so disappointing that you're treating him like this. I understand you guys booting me from the group because (laughs) I went and shared all this stuff with everybody. But now you're doing it to one of our friends and he's a first time hunter and that's his first, his first time elk hunter. And that's his first experience trying to hunt with his friends out West is, well, we've worked too hard to tell you about what we're doing. Like, and I looked, I called, I called that buddy up who got screwed there. And I said, dude, like I have friends that said the same thing, but you know what they told me? They said, you can still share our campsite with us and we'd still love to have beers with you at night. We're just not going to give you all of our honey holes on day one to go do what we've worked six years to do. Sure. Right. And I, and I said, I appreciated that. Whereas these guys led him on to believe that. So do you have a, I I probably told the story in a little bit biased tone because of (laughs) what I feel, but it's, it's hard, right? Like I, I see both sides of this. I, 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 you do see both. Cause like, there's a lot of sacrifice going in out, you know, you're going out there for, you know, most of those hunts are seven to 10 days minimum. Uh-huh. Right. So you're, you know, we're all at our age, you know, well, I'm, I'm older than you, but we're, <laughs> we're all, we're all within a, a time frame of we're, we have young families, a lot of guys and like, you know, there's a lot of time yeah. and effort and you know, it, it's truly is a sacrifice to do. So like, I, I get the portion of that. Like you've built this, this cred as you've gone out right. there, right? And you you understand maybe you've been successful, and then like for a new person to come in, unless you're really really comfortable with guys, and I think like guys in general, I feel aren't that open with each other, like to like really break down like that mm-hmm. barrier of like, I just really want to have some like fun with my buddies. Yeah, you have to come out and say that, right? Like, yeah, you're, like you're gonna be like, I want to hunt, right? Like, so like the the motives if they're not explained up front like i get that like they get you're 
the intentions aren't known. Right. So one guy is like, I just want to spend time. Yeah, you, you guys seem to have a great time out there. We've been friends forever. Um, compared to like those that have been out, you know. Yeah. I, it, it's a tough one, right? Because every, in all actuality, right? Like, even though it's public, it's over the counter. Like, there, there, there are things where people just don't always enjoy sharing that, that piece of success. Yeah. And it's tough. I, but like in all honesty, it's, I mean, you guys are close enough where you're on like a chat group. You've known each other forever, right? Like those intentions are different, I think. And so there's, there's, yeah. So two, the two things I called up a friend of mine when all this played, all this played out. It's Monday right now. All this played out on Saturday. And then we had another follow-up conversation today about it. But, uh, um, I called a friend that I had never hunted with and I, I laid this out to him, um, as best I could and I said, and, and I said it a little as unbiased as I could, you know, essentially, Hey, here's what happened. Here's who did what, what would you do? Or what would you feel in these scenarios? And he said, he goes, well, here's, here's the thing. This it's guy's like, a hunter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a big elk hunter. Okay. And he goes, here's, here's what's happened to me. And here's how I take care of it going forward. Uh-huh. He goes, I've had friends. So I used to live in the Midwest. I now live out West uh-huh. and I hunt some over the counter units in Colorado. And I've had friends see my success from back home and ask to come out with me. Fantastic. You know, great friends, friends from high school, friends I went to college with. He goes, they never come out there with the intention of, going, I'm going to take over this guy's campsite. I'm going to go take over this guy's, uh, his, the spots that he likes to go to. I'm going to take over where the elk are, the watering holes he likes to hunt in early season. Mm -hmm. They never come out there thinking that they come out there thinking we're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so what happened to me one time was I took a guy out from back home. We went out and on the sixth day, he shot a cow in one of my like best spots. He had eight days to hunt and it was six day and day one through five, he wasn't seeing shit. And we were going, we were, we weren't going out together. Like I'd point him in the right direction and let him go. And, and I'd go my way and he'd go his way. Um, and I had gotten into elk pretty much every day and he hadn't really gotten into anything. So on the day six, I was like, all right, I'll take him to, take him to a spot and we'll see how it goes. You know? So he took him to a spot. And it, uh, and essentially it didn't go very well. So he's like, well, I got this other spot, but it is like one of my best spots <laughs> that uh-huh. I really like. Uh-huh. And he's like, so, and it's not too far away. It's like a half mile away. I'll go, we'll go check on that and we'll make a loop and, and pop home. So he ends up shooting a cow in that better spot. One of the best spots. And he goes, Hey man, I'm going to come. Can I come back next year? And I'll just hunt here the whole time. And he goes, well, no, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I can't tell you no, but like, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't, you know? And he goes, oh, okay. Well, our, he's like, why? He's like, well, dude, it took me, you know, three or four years seasons to find this spot. I only hunt it like once or twice an entire season. Cause it's really easy to blow out if you don't hunt it in the right conditions and you push too far or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather you not you know, hunt this and, 
you know, you just let's go find other spots, you know? So he goes, I backtracked and started showing him some of my other spots to just to get him out of that one. Right. And get him off that one. Um, so then, so then fast forward another year, the guy goes, Hey, you mind if I come out hunting? And he goes, yeah, you bet. And he shows up with his brother who is uninvited. Right. And then after three days of being out there and not seeing a lot, guess where they spent the next four or five days in that same spot. And now that honey hole was gone. Mm -hmm. And so he said, he goes, what I do, no one comes out with the intention of stealing spots and I have to be okay now. Like I can either ruin the friendship or cut off the friendship or I have to be okay with, um, you know, losing these spots. And he goes, so like I've tempered, like I don't tell him anything anymore. I tell him, Hey, I don't pre, I didn't appreciate that. I know you're spending time there. I asked you to do this. You know, I'm up front with him, and I just tell him, you know, it, it kind of stinks that you're doing this when I asked you that. But at the same time, it's public ground. You know, the spot, you know, the campsites, you are fully within your rights to do this. And I, I can't stop you. I'm just telling you, it, it, it makes me feel bad about it, you know? Um, and since then he doesn't, he, he will let people share his campsite, but he will not show people spots. That's it. He's yeah. like, you can come out, we can have beers at night, but I, I work too hard to figure out these spots. Yeah. So that's what he does. And I think the biggest thing there was no one comes out with intentions of stealing your spots. No, no, <laughs> that's the thing. Right. But, but it's so fun when it actually happens yeah. that you want it again. Yeah, it's like that one tree you find while crappie fishing that that you never knew was there, and some buddy showed you, and you show up oh, at, that, at yeah. that tree every time, right? Because there's always there, and your buddy's there the next time. You know, it's like it's the same thing, right? You can apply it to any of these outdoor activities. Yeah. So like, it's 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 a tough yeah. situation, right? And like, you know, we you know. We, Social media is what it is now. So you go out west, even if you don't have success, you post your pictures. Everyone's like, that looks like fun. They start talking to you. They're like, well, that'd be fun to go out. Yeah. And you're like, "Ah, (laughs) yeah, I mean, but like, A, we haven't had success, like in my case. But like, also, you also don't want to like lead them to where you might have success. Like there's, depending how close you are, right? Like there's, there's just differences there and it's tough. Um, there's a few guys who you're no problem with in those senses, right? Like, right. yeah, come along. I'm glad you asked finally, like, yeah, to come along. Right. We're gonna push you, but because we don't want it like to ruin ruin something. But yeah, I don't know. It's but like to kind of kind of circle back on like you know the beginning of that is once you feel once you feel like you're part of that group and like now you've got a plan going forward like like with your story and then to feel that you you really weren't a part of that right that's gotta suck i mean i've got a similar situation um the person wasn't hunting but you know some things went wrong on a on one of our trips out there um and just felt like we there was a liability there Mm. that we couldn't deal with uh, continuing to go forward just because we were trying to be successful and also had to worry about other things. And that was like, we just didn't need to continue that. And it's not a negative. There, there's no like ill will or bad feelings, but like you, 
there's a lot of sacrifice to spend time away from your family, spend time away from work, to go out right. there and do it on your own. Where like if you feel like anything is holding you back, you like, start to blame it. You, yeah. you you start to point that that direction. You're like, well, we we've got to be as agile, as swift, as fast as possible out there, and we're gonna make we're gonna do things to ensure that continues. Right. Yeah. And that can go a bad way. It goes sideways real quick, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Hunting, fishing, outdoors, <laughs> and friendships are they're tough. Right. They're tough because like, yeah, everyone wants that pot of gold and. Right. When they see it, man, greed and friendships can go out the window fast. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate, yeah. I feel like at times. And and or like people's true colors, like guys just again, guys don't talk about their feelings very often. Like right. to each other. But yeah. it comes out eventually or it comes out in a different way and you're like, Oh, okay, now I get it. Got right. it. Right. Understood. Yeah. Like Yep. Yeah, and it just kinda yeah. I I just I, I, you know, with, with you and I, like when we first met and we were like, oh yeah, we both whitetail hunt out on the public ground out here. We were both like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we like, okay. <laughs> and that's right, that. Well, have a good night. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, and over time we've learned to like grow, we've known each other. We've grown, we've understand our, our levels of, of, uh, what do I want to say? Like, uh, uh, our, our levels of expertise, not saying that we're experts, just like where we're at and the chain mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then, and then we become more comfortable sharing this information together. Yeah. Right. And I feel like, you know, with my buddies, what they had me do in that scenario was like essentially a verbal contract. Like mm-hmm. you will not, you will not invite anyone else out here and you will not come here without us mm-hmm. or we will ostracize you and, you know, steal your wife and kids. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's like essentially what they did, and I, and I'm cool with that because my buddy who got thrown out of the ring here, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm I told him I said, hey man, I told you from, I told you four months ago, like I'd love to take you, but I can't, like mm-hmm. this not my, it's not my choice, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, but what I can do for you is I go every other year, so in two years, in 2024 you and I will plan an over-the-counter hunt in some unit in Colorado and we'll invite anybody that you want to invite, including the guys that kicked you out of the group mm-hmm. and including other friends that have reached out to me and asked me to go. And I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, yeah. I'm yeah, going with this group. They're already, they've already counted me into their team. They already, they have already like made plans on it and everything and, and, and I'm stuck. Yeah. Like, I'm just not going to give it up, you know? So, and the group, like, the my odds of success are going to go way the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, you know in 2024 because we're hunting a new unit with a bunch of dudes who haven't hunted elk before but the fun factor for me is going to hopefully go way up like yeah. that's that's yeah. where i'm at um so that's that's what we've we've decided to do and that and that guy um you know the other thing about that guy is the guy has a lot of money and he's like i could go just like buy a private land tag like yeah. and buy an outfitter tag but like, i just I just wanted to go have fun. Like I didn't, I didn't want to just do it myself. Like it's not about the antlers on the wall to me. It's about this. When somebody looks at those antlers and goes, "Whoa, where did you get that? It's about the story behind yeah. it and, and everything that's the backstory. And that's what makes the trophy. Oh. Not, not that the trophy's there. Like if the camaraderie <laughs> and the friendships right? and the stories. Yeah. Well, kind of, I was walleye fishing this weekend with the buddy that I go out to Colorado with. Yeah. 
And I said to him, I said, you know, our first trip was probably like in terms of camaraderie and fun was the best. Because like we would go on our hikes. We'd get back by like four. So it's still light out. Four or five mm-hmm. o'clock. And like there'd be a group of us like getting dinner ready, like getting some food prepped. And then the other buddy was making old fashions. Right? Like, right. and like we'd eat dinner. As dinner was cooking, we'd have old fashions, light the fire, and like, and just laugh and have a good time. Right. And like, it turned into like camaraderie. And then it kind of turned into like a little bit of like, we got to kill something though. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, so you get your, so now it's just my buddy and I. There's just two of us, mm-hmm. like, out of four that started. And so. Yeah. It makes it tough. It's about the fun, but I mean, I have a similar, I mean, just real, real quick is like, I go to Kansas whitetail hunting. Um, I had a buddy introduce me to public land down there and he does not hunt the public land anymore. He now has, he leases a farm, um, or a ranch or whatever down there. He, his dad and his best friend hunt the public. They're from Wisconsin and go down there. My buddy lives down in, in, in Wichita. So He's down there, but it. I've had people ask me, and even though my friend and I are not that close anymore, I'm still very reluctant to open the door to other people. To other people hunting that public, because like I just like there's like a debt of gratitude that I have. Yeah. To that now, his dad and his his buddy used to hunt early season muzzleloader, which was like. 80 90 degrees and like september hunt yeah. they're now hunting the fall rut for archery so now I, I now if if and when i go down there i didn't go there last year i went there three years prior i'm competing against these three guys and we all know the same locations essentially mm. or these two other guys um and so like because they've been shown by the same person right and and so uh, me introducing someone else is either, A, we can go explore other areas of it or hunt larger areas. And there's enough public down there for it. But there's also going to be increased competition, yeah. like in general, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's tough. Oh, yeah. So I I get it. You know, you kind of, there's an unspoken oath on that, right? Or, you know, like there's. Yeah. So it, it, it's a hard one. It you is. know, depending on how close you guys are, I mean, it's, it, it all comes back to just, if you're able to talk and be buddies and be open mm-hmm. about it, everything goes way better. Set, setting expectations early. I think that's, I think that's where it all comes down to. Like, okay, so I have, I have uh, three hunts coming up out here on the public with people that have never killed turkeys before. And they all live in the area. Like a couple of them live in Madison and one of them lives in Milwaukee. And I'm going to take them, but I am also going to tell them. You take their phone and blindfold them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm going to tell them, hey, guys, like, I'm going to take you to some spots today. I would really appreciate if you didn't come to these without me because, like, these are my spots. I've worked really hard to find these and understand exactly how these are going to work. And and I just put it on them, like, essentially, hey, man. I'm going to make you feel like such a dick if you come back here that you're not even going to want to put that turkey fan on the wall <laughs> because you're so ashamed that you stole your spot from me. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. how I'm going to make them feel, but I'm also I need to be okay with the fact that if they do steal those spots, I'm okay with it. 
Yeah. Right. Otherwise, I don't even show it to them. Like right. that's where that's the point where I've got to is essentially like, and even whitetail spots. Like I haven't even. I don't think I've even told you like if there's a northwest wind and it's and it's eight miles an hour and it's november 3rd where am i going like i don't think i've even told you like that exact spot right so like these guys it's not like i'm gonna walk them out to my number one turkey spot right away i'm gonna try to hit all these like marginal spots that sometimes hold birds right uh first yeah and and hopefully we can get on one there because then i don't have to take them to any of the honey holes right but at the same time they draw good seasons by the way uh yeah b and b and c yeah i know (laughs) i know i know i told them to both yeah i told them so in in wisconsin for everybody listening um and this is a great lead into to turkey hunting is is turkey hunting in wisconsin has what six seasons a b c d e and Mm -hmm. f yep Mm -hmm. and those are all one week seasons they're all seven days long from wednesday to tuesday middle of april or end of april end of april end of april is when they start and they go to the first week of june yeah, actually, so, it is in June. Yeah. It's wild. You can be shooting a turkey in June. <laughs> yeah, it's the first. It's always hot and yeah. green up's pretty strong and everything. Dude, it produces some pretty good cover to hide in, though. I yeah. I, I did notice that last year. But so yeah, you get one license per. You get you get to apply for one license off the bat, and then after that, um, you you apply for your your first, second, or third like preference. And the reason Chad was laughing was because his first and second were. What were they? A, B, and C. A and B. A and B, in zone two, in which zone is two, like which the is Milwaukee like, zone, which is like all of southeast Wisconsin. Yeah, like, pretty much like from Milwaukee the, to Green Bay to Madison. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, it's like this like two. triangle for the like the southeast part of the state. Yeah, they need to split it. Like I don't know why it's the most populated I area. Yeah. I don't know why they don't split it. Uh, yeah. Should be like two A and two B. But yeah, it's the first time I've never not drawn my first preference. And yeah. I ended up drawing my third, which was like a, you kind of put it like on there, like whatever. Zone 1C yeah. or whatever. So I'm going to be at the, uh, playground. The, the Heller, <laughs> the Heller abode in the Southwest. Right. Part of the state. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, and we'll get on that in zone C or C. Um, actually, so they don't have C because I'm hunting C with you. I'm hunting B with me and B with one other guy. And then you have C and then I one of the C. other guys has D, I think. Because I know I'm hunting three weekends in a row. Yeah, then so, I have. Then did you get an E or an F? Yeah, I got E. Yeah, zone two E. Yeah. Yep. So then I got that was the leftover. So zone two E. Yep. So that's what we have again. Um, but anyway. Yeah, that's that's why that's why Chad was laughing about that. But yeah, so I'm taking these guys out. And again, like if you don't want people to find your spots, if you don't want them to know your spots, like take them to the piece of public, which is this piece of public that I'm haunting is anywhere from 2000 to 6,000 acres, depending on what chunk you're on. Um, and that doesn't mean like <laughs> 2000 acres. There's a lot of room to roam there, you know, and a, and a elk unit, there's a lot of room to roam. Like you can hunt the entire week without getting into any of the good spots. You know, you could hunt, hunt for 14 days. I I, I've done it. Day. I've done it. I looked at the basin area where, like, we found elk last year. It's 12,000 acres in Colorado. I'm like, right. I mean, that's wild. Like, yeah. Which is like, there were just like natural borders. I like did the area and I'm like, wow, 12,000 acres right there. Yep. Yeah. It's, It's wild. So, like, yeah, if you're in that scenario, like, it's for me, 
I again, I'm about the camaraderie and the friendship over the over the the meat itself. So I would rather take guys out, have them have a good time, and just tell them like, "Hey guys, I really appreciate you not taking these spots from me, because I would like to take my son here someday. I would like to take maybe you and your son here, you know, or you and your daughter out here, whatever. Like we can come here again, but just please don't." come here without me you can always i can point you in the direction of other spots that are good but these spots are are some that i've worked really hard to to learn and then just make them feel like okay because most people in life in my opinion are good people most people are like all right well anthony told me not to go here like if i told you that i would wholly trust that you wouldn't go there always assume good intent right i yeah that's what Yeah. yeah It's like it's like I always trust people until I realize that they're an asshole. Yeah. Right. And it's and I'm not let down. Like I'm there's very few people who have like really crushed my trust. Um, I think there's like two or three people, and that's only in the business world because they were after money. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like in the hunting world, I've never had anybody really like blow me up that I shouldn't have. So yeah, I don't um, think so either. Yeah, I mean, if you just speak the truth with them and speak what you want them to do. Yeah, you gotta just set expectations. Like yeah. just set set what you expect that you would do if in the same scenario, right? Like, right. Yeah, hunting or fishing. Yeah. You know, like even even I had a buddy take me up to uh, walleye fishing once in the early season to mm-hmm. go after big ones. And mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, just don't. Uh, if you would, just don't go out here without me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have these spots I like to go. Don't 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 go out here without me. Same with." Uh, like Lake Erie, I have some friends who go out there and they're like, Hey, you know, it took us four days to find these spots trolling. And yeah, we limited every day in an hour. Once we figured out where these mm-hmm. walleyes were, you know, don't come out here without me, you if know, and it's just 300 guys on the river this weekend. would have known that too. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking Fox is packed right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so rolling into, rolling into turkey hunting, um, the uh before we yeah we got like i don't know 20 minutes left or so here before we pop off um i was thinking to talk like the thing that that's really really helped me for turkey hunting and i know i i talked to chad earlier and chad's like dude i don't i don't have a lot of success in turkey hunting I, <laughs> like, so don't don't ask me on the podcast to talk about <laughs> turkey hunting <laughs> which done, is fine i've done some things <laughs> not a lot right and I, I mean, I don't have some, you know, some collection of 30 fucking spurs or anything like that. But at the same time, um, filled both my tags last year and the year before. So I went, was the last, the last three years I hunted pretty heavily, four years I hunted pretty heavily the public ground right out here. And the last three years, uh, this will be year five. So the, so the first three years, um, I got into birds, but I couldn't like sealed a deal there was one year i shot four fucking birds (laughs) and none of them fell like it was wild i don't know what happened like you literally heard i I was i think i was like (coughs) my choke was off or i was using the wrong ammo or something like literally i shot them and you heard the bbs hit them yeah like or too far i don't know but yeah, that was just really ridiculous. And that was just terrible, like me getting antsy and wanting to shoot them too soon or whatever. But it, it was ridiculous. So I was getting into birds a lot, but I wasn't like getting, you know, the 20-yard commitment to the decoy, you know, in in, in on tight quarters. Um, 
and I wasn't using good decoys. I was using farm and fleet specials. You know, I had one hen farm and fleet special. The fold. Uh, I got a couple of those. Uh, yeah. 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 Pretty much. And it just like wasn't doing it for yeah. me. And I think I was over calling. So I listened to the, the turkey doctor. Um, I think he's out of like Georgia or South Carolina one year on the meat eater. And the mm. thing, so last, and last year I filled both of my tags. I went out turkey hunting three times. All three times I woke up at 7 a.m., didn't even wake up at the ass crack of dawn. And that's partly because I'd hunted the prior years and I kind of knew where the birds like to hang out in general. Um, so you I knew kind of where. That point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like, yeah, some general like they have like it's weird like turkeys. I never realized this, but they have like a, a routine, a mm-hmm. route that they like to do, mm-hmm. you know, when they don't find. So I knew like. There's certain areas where I always run into birds about 10 a.m. There's certain areas where they are about 8 a.m. There's certain areas where they are when they come right off the roost, like, and, and midday. So, like, I was kind of, like, um, the the first time I went out, I heard a bunch of birds. I didn't get into them, and I was kind of chasing them. So I was like, okay, what's going on here? So the second time I went out, I kind of went out in front of them, and uh, and I checked for them, actually, with, with binos, found them, and... Um, and I was like, okay, they are there. It's, you know, 8.30 in the morning. I drop my kids off at daycare, and then I go hunting. So I just have a normal work day, and then I just take PTO for the work day. And I went out there, and I just set a decoy up. And the one thing that the turkey doctor said was, turkeys have incredible ears. And the thing, when we we, we sponsored a, a hunt where there was, it was like a 1,000-acre parcel in Georgia, and there was a bunch of birds on them you know, like 20 toms, something like that, 20, 30 toms on there. And we, we tracked all of them. All of them had GPS trackers and all the hunters also had GPS trackers. So we got to see where they all were throughout the day. And he said, he said the biggest, the biggest note that we found about that is when a hunter got to a spot and stopped moving, which is when we assumed they'd stop and set up their decoys and call for 20 to 30 minutes within a couple hours a turkey uh, a tom would come to that spot Hmm. and they would come right in and they'd come and stand right where that guy was calling Uh or pretty darn close he goes and his thing was turkeys almost always hear you it's whether or not they want to come listen to you right now sure so he's like in the morning when they fly down off the roost and they have five hens in front of them and you don't sound very real, that's not super interesting to them. Yeah. But at noon, when they've already bred those hens or the hens have shown that they're not interested and he's out looking for other hens and you call to him, you might sound real enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And he goes, you don't need to overcall either. All you need to do is let out a few a few calls and they they heard you and as long as you know that they heard you shut up and let them be because mm-hmm. they'll curi- curiosity will kill them yep right because if they're horny enough they're coming mm-hmm. and and that's and i'm not saying that that's a hundred percent the case because obviously there will be times where you call to them and they know you're there and they'll walk the other direction and i've had up that. at like 60 70 yards and yeah you can just see them walk, like walking back and forth and you're like what the hell yep yep and then that comes down to setup right you need to like it's the same thing with elk in terms of like uh i think Corey jacobson calls it like the open door policy or Mm -hmm. whatever 
you you gotta like when they see that decoy you gotta see be able to see them too and you yep. gotta have them be in range that's why right? like, setting up on like a crest of a hill is always good because they can see it they pop over just enough to like right and by the time just they're enough. looking straight up and like you're right there yep and you're ready for them yeah, yeah exactly so like that's the the thing that has helped me the most is and I've I've had like I said I had a ton of failures and I really like to run and gun turkeys I don't like to sit yeah. in a blind I don't like I to agree. set up in a spot um, and sit there for four hours like I give a spot like thirty to forty minutes then I'm out you know and I'll go find another tom to hunt but uh, and that's I I think it's fun I sit enough in a tree stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right I sit enough that I, I like to run and gun this. So the thing that I have found that certain that has helped me the most and filled both of my tags last year was set up. I I got a Dave Smith decoy, so I will say like those things are two hundred and some dollars a piece, and they're super expensive. But damn, they filled those tags fast. (laughs) I hunted three times and I killed two birds, Um, and this year I have three tags, so I'm hoping to fill all three. Um, I got a B, an E, and an F. So I will set those decoys. I'll I'll find, generally, I'll hear the birds, figure out where they want to go and the places that they're at I know really, really well. So I know an opening that I can go to or an area that I can go to, set up the decoy, make a few yelps, hang the fuck out, and just wait. And last year, honest to God, both the toms I called in were with my oak bugle read. Oh, yeah, they yeah. <laughs> were both both times just chirping on like, it. Like, yep, just literally like burp, 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 with the elk bugle read. Yeah, not gonna lie, <laughs> slow elk hunting. The elk the elk read has made some turkey calls out in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh yeah, this yeah. Right. Oh man, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I think they're Phelps. I think I've got three Phelps, and one of them that's yeah. Uh, no, it's um, it's not Phelps. It's Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain. Corey's. Yeah. Corey's yep. yeah. It's Rocky Mountains, and it's the green one. And I just throw that thing in, and I can yelp decently with it. I use the... And here they come. They're like blacks <laughs> or code blacks. Yeah, yeah, by, you got... Yeah, yep. by Phelps. Yeah. Yep, yep. They just worked out. But yeah, I mean, yeah, my success has been minimal, turkeys. I have two children that were born middle and end of March, so the past, like, six years... Like, early on, like, was definitely, like, early on, like, I always had tags, and I was like, oh, I, oh, how do I step away, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, kids are, I mean, and then just very openly, in my job, springtime was always a big travel time for yeah. me. Uh, in general, I travel internationally um, and things like that, <clears throat> and that was, that made it hard in those situations. And then spring, I also compete with fishing and stuff like that, too, yeah. so, like, to me, it was walleye, always a battle, right? yeah. yeah, walleye, and Maybe, maybe fishing before bass season is open, <laughs> maybe, or, you know, whatever. But like, um, hypothetically, hypothetically there. Yeah. I knew a guy, um, I found, I found some crappies <laughs> yeah, and just, they, were, they were only hitting big old fucking tubes, <laughs> yeah, <right>. but, um, <clears throat> but I do have a buddy, the guy that I always go out to Colorado with and stuff like that, who I have walleye fishing. You know, guy from college, or high school. Um, I think every one of his turkeys he's shot, he hunts private. Pretty established private, like, in general. He bounces yeah. around a couple different pieces, but, like, majority of his, his turkeys have been shot at, like, 70 yards. And he puts out multiple decoys. 
like two like two Jakes and a hen, or I think, it, or something like that, or maybe a Tom and two hens. I can't remember his his setup, but like he has shot, he has had to wait continuously every year for them to stop attacking the decoys for him to shoot them. <laughs> so yeah, his son Easter weekend, which is youth youth uh, turkey season, is going to try to take his first turkey. He's nine years old, just turned nine, with a bow. Out of a blind, yeah. But yeah. his son is like, I don't want to shoot him with a shotgun, Dad. I'm not. I oh I want to do. I, I want to shoot him with a bow. So he's been practicing all winter, in the basement. They've got a really long like ranch house, and he bought it. He bought a turkey decoy for him, like our turkey target. <laughs> turkey tar- yeah, 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 yeah. So like, oh, that's great. They're gonna they're gonna shoot it, but yeah. So I'm gonna live vicariously Good. through him. Good. Because my turkey stories are very minimal, except for the fact that I, I can tell you one. Up in Stevens Point, where I used to bow hunt um, in college and stuff like that. Um, Blowing up, fancy man. Yeah. I don't have. It's my brother and my cousin. I don't have that many friends. It's just my brother and my cousin. There's a little bit of uh, Biden talk going on right now. (laughs) I bet that's going to load up with memes. (laughs) Um, Uh. But, uh,. My dad and my buddy and I were in a blind on a backfield. Turkey comes in. A bunch of turkeys come in. And, like, I thought my dad was going to let, like, there were, like, two or three toms in there. And I thought he was going to yeah. let them clear. Like, so my buddy my buddy Paul could take the right one. And my dad could take the center. And I could take the left. No, no. No, he ripped it. My dad just ripped it. Like, so my buddy Paul and I come out of that blind like we're duck hunting. Like, it's a pop-up blind. We blow through the freaking window and just start shooting at the turkey. <laughs> Nothing died. Oh, man. Well, we, we got the one. My dad, my dad, dad got the yeah, one. My dad yeah, my dad killed the one. But, like, we had, him, we had him set up. Like, I'm looking out the side window. My buddy's looking out the side window. We're like, just let him, let him, let him, let him. Boo! No! <laughs> like, Dad, no! Shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> you got three and a half in? Let it yeah. rain. God, it was yeah. like, yeah. But, like, that's probably the best turkey story i have it was like damn come on man that's funny but yeah oh dude yeah that a couple years ago the last like last year um last year i got those two and a few years before that um i was sitting with parker over at his property Mm -hmm. and um we had hunted all morning and we were down in the woods and it was like 12 30 or so and um we just set up in the woods like oh whatever we'll set up here found where a trespasser had come through during the fall and like trimmed a bunch of trees out <laughs> like because his boy his property borders public ground mm-hmm. and he must that dude must have like crossed the fence hung a stand and then like went through and he literally like just cleared like a 25 yard lane and that was it and all the trees were cut at like knee height <laughs> like it was obvious as day <laughs> and it was only like in a six yard window or a six foot wide window, yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty yards long, six feet wide. <laughs> right, that's all he did. So anyway, we were ended up sitting there, and um, and we had called, and we didn't we didn't hear anything, and we were just kind of sitting there putzing around, like, what do we do next? Do we go back? Do we sit here? Do we go back to where we were? Do we go back to the cabin? And uh, and then he just a uh, big Tom just sounded off like f- fifteen to twenty yards down the hill from us, and it was pretty steep drop, and we couldn't see him. We're like, yeah. oh fuck, there he is, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so I turn my gun right away, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna come up here, and he starts coming up, and I'm, we assumed these turkeys were gonna come from our right, 
and they were coming from our left. So Parker was on my left calling. And so I literally, my barrel of my gun was on his, like he did the whole, he put his fingers in his ears and my barrel was through, it was below his forearm and above his shoulder. Like I put my barrel through the window there and my like, uh, my, it was a pump shotgun yeah. and the pump was sitting on his bicep. And I'm like, dude, just plug your ears. I got him. <laughs> and so he just, <laughs> he plugged his ears and yeah, I mean that turkey came into 15 yards and I crushed him, yeah. but I, we got it, we got it somewhat on film and all you hear is, Oh, <laughs> <Parker>. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey man, I owe you. I owe you oh, for that man. one. But yeah, snuck it right through. Um, but that was the only other like really good one I got. Otherwise they were all just, you know, your standard kind of set on a field edge, throw some decoys up yeah. and in they come, you know, you shoot them, whatever. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, in turn, yeah. I mean, you can always learn something from all of your failures. Like I said, like I hunted for three years and, and there was one day, one day Parker and I were out there on the public and we had eight different toms come in and I didn't kill one. Mm-hmm. Like it was getting so difficult in that day. Out I, here? I had my bow. Yeah. yeah. That day I had my bow and, uh, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get drawn on any of them. Mm-hmm. They, and one of them came to like 18 yards and mm-hmm. I couldn't draw on them. Like it was such a hot day. Literally one, one of the toms we came across was looking uphill into the sun at us. Parker was sitting on the ground with the tripod, with the camera. And I was laying flat on the ground and the field was totally burnt. And we were in the middle of the field and the tom (laughs) came to us. Mm -hmm. It closed the difference from like 50 yards to like 18. It got to as close. And Parker's like, shoot up shoot them and i'm laying on the ground i'm like how how am i gonna shoot this thing you know oh it's terrible but uh but it was it was pretty funny and i mean that's one of the spots that like now i know 10 30 p 10 30 a.m like if you're on that point and it's been the same ever since like i've mm-hmm. always checked that field whenever i'm out hunting i'll always kind of work my way over there around mm-hmm. 10 a.m um just on my normal routine and boom there they are and a lot of the times people will you know a lot of people will get up at 3 a.m 4 a.m. head out there they'll get the birds and roost and they'll hunt till 9 or 10 and then they'll go in you know and i like i enjoy like i'll pack a lunch and i will literally just chill chill out there for an hour and just wait until i hear a gobble and i'll move you know every 30 to 45 minutes and just sit because the best thing about turkeys is you can kill them any time of the day yeah and the biggest thing like take them off roost like they're usually with hens yeah and when those hens fly off a different direction they don't care where you are. Yeah. They like, don't care where you are. The, they're going to follow the hens. Yeah. Those that kill birds off roost either sound really, really good or they're not henned up or the they hens just, come to or, them. Or the hens come right at you. Yeah. And I had that happen one morning. Like, like other than hen, that, like yep. taking them off roost, like you can get really excited for a long time because they're, they're gobbling like crazy on roost. Yeah. They hit the ground and they're just silent. Yep. Not a word. Dude, it happens. But if you ping them, if you ping them before they get off the roost, let them know you're there. You hit them with a couple yelps. Like, they know, and they'll come. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of time. Yeah. They'll come looking Usually for you. Usually people end up overcalling, I think. Yeah. And they're trying to get them to, like, come to them, like, now. I want you here, <laughs> you know, sunrises at 530. I want you here by 545, right. please. Right. You know, and they're like, nah. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, and then those people leave by seven because they haven't got to them, and that bird will come in at eight. Yeah. You know, it's just like at that point you just got to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. If you out. get them, to, if you get them to sound off, get them to sound off like twice. They know where you are. They yeah. They've acknowledged exactly. you. You don't need to do anything more. Yeah. They know, they know, and it's just now. It's just a matter of time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you end up hearing them go away. Well, go chase them now, right? And Otherwise, they might come. They might go away at first, yeah, and they right. might come back. Come around, yeah. you know. They roosted in that area for a reason. They like it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All right, Chad. Well, thanks for it, man, for hopping on. Appreciate yeah. the time. All Sounds right. Good. Um, I wish. Do you want anyone to know your Instagram? Do you want people to follow you? I don't even know my Instagram. Let me see. What's my actual <laughs> name on there? Let's you know see. what you need to do is uh is uh buy buy GE medical products. There you that's go. What, that's what you need to do. There you go. If you really want to support Chad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Buy some anesthesia machines, some respiratory, some ventilators. <laughs> it's just Chad Malot. I don't have a handle. At but, Chad Malot. Yeah. At Chad Malot. M E L O T T E. Um, yeah you'll get some stuff there's there's things on there there's stuff and things (laughs) yep fantastic all right awesome well thank you everybody for listening i really appreciate it again um if you are interested in the archery shoot june 11th is the date um hit me up on an email that my email is heller a 90 at gmail.com again heller a 90 at gmail.com Sorry, I didn't throw that out in the beginning. I'll throw it in the show notes as well. Um, hit up Chad if you want to ke- check out his stuff. And then also be nice to your hunting friends. Set <laughs> expectations, yeah. set boundaries, and then when, once trust them until they break it. Once they break it, then you then you then you can always say, "Dude, I trusted you before, and you you broke my heart." But if you always just assume they're bad people, like it's just not gonna go your way. Um, I mean, you may, you may like, you may, it may go your way, but it's fairly selfish. Honestly, it, it, it really is like you spread the love, spread the joy, trust, and then wait for them to, to hurt you. And then you can always, you know, work backwards from there. All right. Hope it helps everyone. Have a great rest of your week and catch you next time.